years. You know Robinson? Yeah. Yeah, I remember him. Where did he play Penn State or was it? Uh, uh, Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, he, yeah, it was yeah. a shoelace. That's what they called him. Yeah, he was like a corner. He was a running back at one point, right? Yeah, he he's he got drafted as a running back for the Jaguars and then yeah. just went nowhere. He had some decent games though, from what I recall. Yeah, I, well, that's the thing, you know. For for college, it's easy to be a phenomenal player. It's hard to transcend that to the professional <laughs> level. Well, I mean, look at Lamar Jackson now. Yeah, yeah. Well, yo guys. To be fair, I just started it, so. Um, so we're on the record. Yeah, we're on the record. <laughs> um, I like the witty banter you guys were going, so I just kind of started off like that, so people can think, yeah, man, these guys really do love sports and other stuff. So welcome, thirteenth episode of this. We got Cesar out in San Antonio, uh, saying hello to to Pop out there, and uh, we got Charles out in Stewart. Okay, Andrew and me out here in Miami. So hello. Uh, pretty uh, continental over here, and we got sports to talk about. Lots of sports. There's a lot of NBA games, NHL games. Of course, there's a billion college basketball games going on today. And uh, and I think what maybe I think we're like a month out from pitchers and catchers reporting. Think spring so. training. Yeah, I think so. We're like 30 days. So that's getting pretty exciting. All right, cool guys. First topic on hand: Kyler Murray has spurned the Oakland A's uh, and has decided to declare for the NFL draft for 2019. And uh, unfortunately, Billy Bean couldn't entice him to play 81 games at the Oakland Coliseum. I don't know why he wouldn't take such a deal, but uh, actually, I. I can think of a thousand reasons why, but it, it must be sad to be a sports fan in Oakland. You used to have the Warriors in Oakland; they're gone. The Raiders are leaving. The A's are just perpetual kind of like contenders that never really do anything. They have something exciting happen, and then he leaves. Like it must really suck to be in Oakland right now. I, I've always enjoyed Oakland's fans because they always seem like really, really passionate. Except maybe the bandwagon. Warriors fans, but uh, yeah, it, it does suck for them. I always thought that they could always tear down the Coliseum, play at San Francisco for a few years, and then go back once they have a brand new stadium since the, the Raiders are leaving, but that's a whole other story, but still it kind of sucks for them that Kyler decided to to go out and uh, I, well, how much was his contract with the A's? $9 million? No. $5 million. I don't know how much his contract was, but I know his um, signing bonus was four point six million. Yeah, and I think yeah, the A's were like fourteen million, didn't he? Yeah, I think the A's were offering like fourteen, fifteen million dollars for him. Basically, uh, what would essentially be a major league contract because he has a minor league deal as a rookie, um, so he would essentially just make the team. That's what would have happened, but I guess. You know, big dollar QB money. Uh, I guess a rookie contract with the NFL. I think he would have guaranteed what fifty million at least to start out. Well, that's on the rounds that he's drafted. Yeah, exactly. Where do you draft? I think he's projected pretty highly, from my understanding. Yeah, I mean Heisman projections are rough. You know, there, there's true. a lot of short Heisman Trophy winners that, that didn't get there. Troy Smith out of Ohio State was a Heisman winner and it went the third round. 
to Baltimore. Jason and White. Jason Davis. White went undrafted. Yeah. You remember that guy, Oklahoma? That's a callback right there. Wow. That's a callback. More more Oklahoma players. <laughs> I mean, Oklahoma's having kind of a kind of in swirling around in the news lately. You got Jalen Hurts heading on over there now from Alabama, but uh, we'll get to that eventually too. And uh, but I mean, it sucks for the A's. I, I mean, I, I feel for the A's, really, because they're kind of like... They're like the American League version of the Marlins to me in some ways. <laughs> Except they don't have a stadium. So, and, and they don't have a stadium, and uh, they have somewhat more success than we do. Well, in fairness to the, the A's, they actually have had more recent experience than the Marlins have. Yeah, but still, they're kind of one of those teams mired in terrible ownership. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it's great for whoever's going to draft the guy, but it just depends on who's going to actually go for it. People are down here talking like, should the Dolphins do something about trying to draft him? And I'm like, mm, no, we need to kind of tank next season. Uh, we kind of, we just hired Brian Flores and we'll get to that too as well. But uh, I don't know if, the Dolphins should make or play for their quarterback right now. Maybe just kind of stick it out, ride that tank for 2019, and then then kind of assess our QB situation. But, I mean, if, if Kyler Murray's going to get drafted, who do you think would be, like, ready? Who, who would take him among the, among the teams? Well, something interesting to mention is uh, Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury, I think. Yeah. He had mentioned a while back that if he that he would have he would have drafted Kyler Murray Kyler Murray number one if he went to the NFL. Mm-hmm. It just so happens <laughs> that Mr. Kingsbury is now the head coach of the Cardinals, who do have the number one pick, and do need a quarterback, and do need a quarterback. So something interesting to think about. Do the Cardinals need a quarterback, though? Uh, I, I like Josh Rosen. I like Josh Rosen. I think he's a talented kid. I, I understand that he had his issues at UCLA, and he's, like, a bit outspoken. I mean, you, I you did see him more since you're out in the NFC West, so, I mean. Yeah. And that's on the UCLA. Like, yeah. I mean, he, he can play. I think he's smart. That's one thing you need from a quarterback. I think he's a future, like, pro boy. I know it's, like, speaking highly of him, but... It, I really believe that. Unfortunately, unfortunately, he suffered the same fate of Blake Bortles, which is they, with some rare exceptions like Andrew Luck, starting a guy immediately as a quarterback is usually never going to work out well. They the pace of play is just too different from college level. They can't make the adjustment. They need like a year. Look at um, Patrick Mahomes. He well, had yeah. one year on the bench, and look what he's doing right now. Well, look at Jared Goff and uh, Mitch Trubisky. Just the count. So your belief, Mitchman, the idea is that Rosen has potential if they got a coach that can actually make a difference. With Kingsbury, the problem is, is he's unproven at a professional level. You know, John Fox is fired, becomes Matt Nagy, who can make a dip Trubisky. 
Um, Jeff, okay, as a Titans fan, I can tell you the proof that it is Jeff Fisher. The man can survive a nuclear explosion, and he dug down every offense for mankind. True. So you get these fresh herds. Uh, look, I'm not big on Josh Rosen. I saw him play. I didn't see the eye test. Arizona's just a bad team. Agree. Uh, but I don't. You already invested a lot of because you got to remember first round guys. There's all that money, all that contracts. You're not going to get what you gave up or what you lost or had to pay to get back in the Josh Rosen return if you were trying to get Kyler Murray. Hmm. They got other things they got to focus on. I read the uh, King and everything. He liked the guy, but I think that's more of coaches have a tendency, especially college coaches, because their ideas go help their guys on the next level to just, you know, prop up a guy so he gets his stock better. Because Kyler Murray, to me, is not a first-round draft pick. To me, he's maybe a third-round, fourth-round guy that has starting potential because everybody who's in the third or fourth round of the QB has that starting potential. It's just not the guy that you want to invest in immediately. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying that Kyle Murray would not be a first-round pick? I'm saying he's not a first-round pick. That's what they said about Baker Mayfield. Remember, when Baker came out of college, everyone was like, he's a third or fourth-round pick. After he went through all those throwing drills, I mean, he drafted number one at the end of the day. So, I mean, well, kind of similar size, not a similar game, but, I mean, there's a lot of parallels. But Baker also had three years of starting experience along with his time in Oklahoma. I thought he was a first-rounder. I just didn't know about number one overall pick because he's more of a Sam Darnold guy. But Kyler comes in with one years of experience. Moving um, from sitting sharp, never really saw much playing time. And the level of competition that Oklahoma saw kind of was flimsy, you know, different kinds of defense. Plus, can you see over guys who are like six foot four? You know, you, if, if your belief is you need a system quarterback, for a tiny guy like Breeze, where everything's timing and knowing you guys over, that's one thing. Or you can use Kyler the way of the other more famous guy, which is Russell Wilson, to kind of improvise and be accurate on the run. But to me, Murray is not a first rounder. Third, fourth, if you want to be cheeky, you can try a second rounder. But also, you got to remember, a lot of teams have invested in their quarterback of the future and from last year's draft. That's true. So, you know, you have. The Dolphins are going to do it because they basically said like, we're going to suck for Justin Herbert or Will Greer, so they let that happen. Um, a few other guys too. So you got the Giants who need a quarterback, and you have a few others. But I don't see them going with like you getting Kyler Murray is going to help your situation, especially since he might be a little raw as far as a pro. Yeah, uh, we'll see what happens with the NFL Combine. Maybe, maybe it'll just be that with with Murray or you know with his um uh showcases as well before that maybe he'll entice somebody to bite like you said maybe someone like the New York Giants somebody like that um and I guess the Cardinals to Cesar's point may not want to have that QB controversy with Rosen and Murray on the same team maybe kind of back their guy and just uh and let him let him develop there are a ton of QBs that started out this season, Darnold, uh, Mayfield, uh, uh, Rosen, um, uh, Allen out in Buffalo, and they're all kind of going through their growing pains, mainly because I uh, most this might be the more and the more we'll uh, we'll see uh, those guys kind of have better sophomore seasons than anything else because I think a ton of them kind of maybe victims of just the fact that they're on such terrible teams. Um, all right, so moving on, I guess, to the next topic. We've got the division around that just 
uh, ended. The well, I guess we'll start with the LA Rams defeating the Dallas Cowboys, much to oh. the to 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 the chagrin of the rest of the nation. So thank Including God. Including Scooter to chagrin. Yeah. Wow, well, especially Scooter McGruder. <laughs> Poor fellow. So thank thank you to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, they literally rammed the ball down the field with Gurley and Anderson. And I'm really happy about C.J. Anderson. Uh, he's a fellow Sonic the Hedgehog fan. And <laughs> and the dude, uh, man, he he just he got playing, onto... He was playing like Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, But the dude literally just got onto the Rams recently, what, the last three weeks of the season? Uh, yeah. And has been uh, the, the X Factor. Um, yeah. I'm going for that second him. ring. We lost Malcolm Brown. Yeah. And we need to pick someone up. And I was like, wow. I didn't even know he was still in the league. And then he just comes through and has a couple 100-yard games and now 100-yard game in the playoffs. I mean, he's like a little bowling ball. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Man. I, I love him. He's And, he's uh, and of course, Gurley having uh, another fantastic game. The Rams just uh, putting the Cowboys away 30-22, to 22, right? That was the final yeah, score. So that was the final score. Uh, and it, but it really wasn't that close at all. No, no. Because uh, though the Cowboys scored their final touchdown, but at the same time, it was like what two minutes left in the game. The Rams just kept running the ball and ran out the clock. That was it. Yep. So uh, it was a, a Jared Goff first down was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. On fourth. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited and, for this weekend. I'm excited for this weekend. I mean. I have a lot of good friends that are Saints fans, and I, I will say the Saints are good. They're home, obviously doesn't help the Rams, but I, I expect big things from Aaron Donald this weekend. Uh, the Saints kind of gave – I thought they were like, man, are these guys actually going to choke it away for, uh, with uh, – but I guess Big Dick Nick wasn't uh, – <laughs> Well, it wasn't his fault. It was uh, – Alshon. Alshon. Who, what, last season said he had the best hands in the game? Which kind of came back to bite him, um, and the the Eagles on the other side of a devastating uh, end to their games, as uh, he had the ball, it was in his hands. It just slipped right through. The it wasn't that bad of a pass from from Foles, and it really did look like they were just going to march down the field and and find a way to to take that game. Uh, I the Saints put it together. I'll give them that. Um, they came up with some big plays to actually wake up in that game. Uh, that secondary isn't that bad with Eli Apple and uh, Marcus Lattimore. I really like those corners. I like, I'm happy to see Eli Apple actually doing well um, after he like got drafted by the uh, Giants and, and kind of got out. bullied. He got bullied out there. Uh, was it that he got bullied or that he kind of? I, I don't know. Well, the New York Giants are kind of a mess now, actually. So uh, they're they're kind of the derp of the league. Um, so maybe a, a change of scenery was great for him. Uh, He's a talented player. I remember in my Ohio State, he was really good. And so I'm happy to see him doing well. But do you think the Saints got more lucky, or was it more just the fact that Alshon just messed it up? I don't know. Both. 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 I mean, they got lucky because Alshon messed it up. Not having a running game hurt because it slowed down the momentum. True. 
Peterson can do much, and you know, maybe that's something to consider because you know, JJ is out, they don't have a bruiser back. When Smallwood is a small wooded guy, so it's not happening. <laughs> Your starting back up there was Darren Sproles, Matt. And that kind of happens in the playoffs. The whole adage of like you need a strong defense and a strong running game in the playoffs because the other team has been playing just as many games as you have in the postseason, so that exhaustion comes real quick. And uh, it's just, it seems like once the second half came in, you know, the Saints woke up and the Eagles just kind of faded. And, you know, Jeffrey, he should have caught it, but it's the same equivalent of saying, hey, it didn't happen. It was just lucky that Lattimore was there to pick it off because you felt the momentum. And the thing about Foles, he likes to do a heat check kind of throw every now and then. Like, the first one wasn't, wasn't him. But um, at the end of the day, it was an entertaining match. And. You know, good luck to – because here's the thing about the Saints. They have a bad tendency of slowing down and coming out the gate in the beginning of the games now, and you're going against the Rams, who are large and in charge, yeah. and they're going to put their foot on your neck, and they'll make sure that you tap out real quick. I, I think this – I mean, this the NFC Championship is going to be great. I, mm-hmm. I'm i hoping that the Saints don't have that slow start and actually we're going to have a shootout. And that's kind of – I guess Cesar's fear in a way. If you have a shootout, yeah. I mean, you could. You, I mean, shootouts are fantastic for us watching it, but you can end up on the wrong side of a 54-55 game. You know, it's it's not. And I mean, that's when you have to take into account the fact they're going to be at home. That that that's not a small factor, especially when you're talking about New Orleans. Yeah. So when it comes down to it, even though I love our kicker, what's his name? Um, uh, well, let's. Zerline. He's a great kicker, but if you put him there to win the game, you never know. See a more half the fans are basically probably going to be any other team that comes there. It's going to be half the fans. It's the Superdome where it's like 90-10. 90, 90, 95-5. So. I, I mean, well, for the Rams, you guys need your – I mean, because you guys have big names on defense. You guys need those guys to step up. That's That's the thing. Um, I know they didn't really play the best this season, but you know you didn't really have to when you have that kind of offense. But it's time. It's time for yeah. those guys to actually, you know, put the money where their mouth is. You got Marcus to... Peters needs to step up and actually have a good game for once, and not just get beat on every play. Ooh. I was so excited when we got him, and he has been the biggest disappointment on the team. Not Dominic Sasa. It's been Marcus Peters. I mean, he brings a lot of fire to to the game, but I mean, he doesn't make the big plays he made with Kansas City. Uh, okay. So AFC now. Um, unfortunately, the man, the Patriots. This it's surprising because normally they actually defer whenever they win the coin toss. They actually defer, and this time they actually chose to receive the ball. And I guess for Bill Belichick, it was a very good reason. They didn't even want the Chargers to have any sort of hope of being in that game. <laughs> like, they literally just, like, you guys aren't even going to, you guys might as well just go home now. Because they there was no shot whatsoever. Nothing. Nothing the, the Chargers could have done. They did nothing. The Patriots just, like, all right, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. What is it, 38-7? Okay, let's keep going. And that was it. And the, you know... Philip Rivers, still ringless. Um, you know, Spanos uh, is still a terrible owner. And uh, the Chargers still have no fans. 
and they're just kind of once again the I don't know redheaded stepchild of, of the of the West now and yeah it was just utter destruction and the rookie that that rookie running back for the Patriots how much Sony. More, yeah Sony Michelle. how much more Georgia I mean how much how much more do the Patriots need man they always find guys that always get the best out of them it sucks it really does suck being in the AFC East for as a Dolphins fan and just like yeah we're not even we're not even close to being that like but I mean handed to them the Patriots are just really they are the best and maybe that all the like the rumors over the season like oh the Patriots this isn't the best team that they've had in a while and oh this might be the year that the the empire falls and it's like nope we were just they were basically uh like an nba team during the regular season yeah we don't really care about the regular season we're gonna win our division easily and we'll we'll start trying when the playoffs happen they're almost playing possum they were kind of under the radar making everyone feel like oh this is uh the dynasty is ending and then they just they were holding back a reserve of energy and then just blowing everybody out of the water when it matters I wouldn't put it past Belichick to be doing that at this point probably not especially to keep uh, keep Tom Brady like rested mm -hmm. until when he really needs him to go so uh, God Patriots speaking of of speaking of Chiefs and Patriots, there is a the Worlds of Fun, which is an amusement park in Kansas City. They yeah. have a ride there called the Patriot. But for this week only, what they did was they covered over the o, the O and T on the on the ride sign and put a CK and a and a Kansas City Chiefs logo, so it says Patrick instead of Patriot. <laughs> okay, that's funny. Uh, it looks funnier in person when you actually see it, but it's it's clever. Alrighty, uh, and then finally the uh, the Chiefs defeated Captain Andrew Luck and the Colts, and Patrick Mahomes basically made the snow and wind irrelevant during that game. <laughs> really did, like as if he was playing inside. That's how it, that's how he looked. I mean, he's just amazing. And he really is. He really is. I mean, I mean he, has, he has the it's arm of his dad, right? It, yeah, it's kind of scary, isn't it? Like, he, th it was, I mean, it was freaking windy and snowing and freezing in Kansas City. And he was like, yeah, this is, what is it, 70 degrees out here? And he's just no wind whatsoever. And he's just throwing passes like, like, no effect whatsoever on the ball. I mean, the Chiefs have. They, pro like, the smartest decision at quarterback in what? How many years? Since what the the Packers did I mean, the thing with Rodgers? I mean, they haven't drafted. They have a legacy too, because remember, you know, they had to get everything else. I think the Packers are the only one. I, sorry to interrupt. I know where you're going with it. It's like Aaron Rodgers is the heir apparent. I yeah. think you would say the Patriot with Jimmy G, but you know they Tom wanted Tom wanted to stay for a little bit. Yeah. But you could also say that um, Andrew Luck was also a very good decision. Yeah, that's they, true. They could have kept Peyton Manning, which I think would have worked out for them. 
but they decided to cut their losses with him and go with Andrew Luck, and he's doing well. I mean, I know that they didn't make the they didn't advance into the playoffs any further, but still, he's been a, a workhorse for them, and I think if he stays healthy, they may have a shot at a. Well, I mean, this was the year for Luck as far as. Um, they finally got him an offensive line. Right. So, and and that's a ton of rookies on that line too. So they're only going to get better. Right. So we're probably going to see Andrew Luck at least far, as far as this stage next season. Right. Um, especially in that AFC South. But we got the Chiefs and the Patriots, guys. I I, don't, I still I don't have confidence in the Chiefs. Now that I saw what the Patriots did, I have no confidence whatsoever. I, I can't say like, yeah, they're gonna beat them. I, I really don't. I still, I still see the Patriots winning the the conference. I don't know what you guys think. I mean, I can't bet against them. It's it's the Patriots, you know. It's at this point, I'd be stupid to do so. Never gonna bet against Tom Brady. Never gonna bet against Bill Belichick. Uh, yeah, I, I I can't say much more other than that. I'm going with Patriots, um, and I still favor the Saints at home. The only reason I give uh, Kansas City any chance is because they're playing an Arrowhead. Okay. All right. What what's what's your prediction? I still think the Patriots will win, but I think there's a possibility, however small, that uh, Kansas City could pull it out. And if they do, I think it'll be by a large margin. If they lose, really? it'll be a close game. Yeah. So if they win, it'll be like a blo- it'll basically be uh, what Clemson did to Alabama. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if, if they lose, I think it'll thing. be a close one. Okay. And yeah, well, that's true. The Patriots do win those like gutsy, like oh, we'll throw out the kicker there and win with the field goal kind of games, you know. Um. Uh, Shin. Home teams says Freddie. So that would mean Saints and Pats. Yeah, no, uh, Saints and Chiefs. Oh right, yeah. Chiefs. Are the, oh yeah, yeah. So it'd be Saints that was the whole thing for the Chiefs this season was to get that home uh, that home field advantage, and they they got it. Um, Charles, what do you think? What's what's your predictions? If he's still there, not sure. Are you out there, dude? I can't hear him. Going uh, once, going twice. <laughs> Okay. I can't hear you, dude. You yeah, have to... Okay, there you are. There he's back. He's back. Get back up, back. All right. Uh, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna set it on the table here for you. Oh. Rams win in the dome, and I'll tell you why. Because they found the recipe of Spruzer running backs to beat that you know defense down, and then them play action plays are gonna come out. Golf to Woods, Goff to Cooks, and it, it's going to be that catch-up game and that defense on the Saints is going to be kind of too bloody. That's one prediction. And then I'm going to hate myself for it because I know it's going to be a different Sunday, but Patrick Mahomes will be dubbed St. Patrick Mahomes. Oh, St. Patty. Oh, <laughs> the because Damian Willard is not a Kareem Hunt, but he's been consistent. And I think what's going to happen is a combination of Travis Kelsey and <laughs> Travis Kelsey and uh, <laughs> and uh, Tyreek Hill are going to be too much a Patriots defense, which is consistent, but they they're going to let up the big Watkins. plays. 
and Sammy Watkins, who knows, he'll disappear. And then hell, they even got uh, um, the the Fat Bills, who I forgot his name was. The other Benjamin. I, I just feel it. I want it so much, you guys. I need it. I'm gonna say Andy Reid, and he's not an inept coach. Just weighed down, bad quarterback. He will be absolved of the horrors of, you know, Donovan McNabb and Michael Vick and all these other quarterbacks. He has a chance to go to success and say, you know what? I don't need a Harold veteran. I have the set. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I like that take. I like that. Well, okay, what do you think, Andrew? So your, what, what's your, what's your picks? Well, my bias says go with the Saints because there are two UCF players on there. And they're the only <laughs> team. As I've said a million times, I really do not care that much about the NFL except when it comes to the playoffs. So, and I've told all the guys this, so they they know I'm not lying. But I think. You know, I have to. I think that the the Chiefs Pats game is going to be close. I th- think, as much as I hate to say it, I think the Patriots are going to come through with it. Not because of any significant talent difference, but because that whole team has so much experience in the playoffs that I think that's going to come into handy for them. And then I I go the same with the Saints. The Saints have a lot more playoff experience through Drew Brees, uh, a couple of other guys on the team that have a lot more playoff experience. So I think when it comes to the big stage, I think that's going to mean a lot. Saints have the added benefit of playing at home in the Superdome. And then the Patriots, they're used to cold weather if it does end up being cold. Uh, I don't know. I think it's a crapshoot ultimately. I could see both all four teams winning their respective games uh, i mean this is what the first time since I think 2018 that the top four teams says freddie airmail well i kind of think we all agree with shin in that he'll take anyone to win except the patriots <laughs> f those guys so i think that's all our takes really pretty much <laughs> okay all right so uh last nfl topic we got some coaching hires and we're gonna go to the to the mean man himself, Adam Gase. <laughs> what a horrible press conference! Oh my god! Oh boy, that guy did not instill any confidence in the Jets fans. I'll tell you that much. Uh, those, those eyes, those eyes. Oh my god. Okay, so um, uh, one of my friends, she she actually thought like Adam Gase was like pretty handsome. And so I'm like, are you sure about that? <laughs> so, because, like, she always saw him with, like, the hat, like, basically all the way down to his nose. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, he looks like a good-looking guy. And I'm like, so when when that that press conference happened, I went over to her place. I showed her the memes <laughs> of, like, the gifts of him with his eyes rolling all over the place and his, like, receding hairline. And I'm like, that's, that. there's your pretty boy right there. There he is. That's your man. And she's like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm like, that's why he wears the hat. <laughs> so, no, that was a terrible press conference. That was as bad as you can go, man. In New York City, oh, a, a Dolphins fans are having a field day with it. And we hired Brian Flores. 
<laughs> who, what, one year with the Patriots? And, of course, Bill Belichick's coaching line is one of the worst ever. So that's great. Uh, well, we're going to have, like, what, Eric Mangini of, for the Dolphins, I guess? I, don't, I have no idea. Nobody knows anything about Brian Flores. <laughs> that's true. Like, listening to sports radio the last couple of days, they're like, do we know anything about this guy? And nobody could give, like, a definitive answer as to what he's about, what kind of coaching staff he's going to put together. And it might actually be beneficial for the Dolphins because we'll have a guy that nobody knows about. And if we, you know, really suck and tank, you know, at least we didn't pay a ton of money for a coach to just tank, you know. We didn't, we didn't hire Jeff Fisher, so that's one thing. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so we didn't hire Jeff Fisher or, or, uh, or Hugh Jackson. So it could have been worse, but it's kind of like a, ah, all right, cool. Well, uh, well, I'm hoping we're tanking anyways. I really don't care. But the Dolphins are trying to avoid the, the, the use of the word tank or rebuild because they're trying to sell tickets. But people are not that stupid. Um, all right. And uh, let's see. All right. And Andrew wants to talk one last football topic. Um, actually, uh, college football, I guess the FIU Golden Panthers are facing off against the Miami Hurricanes. Just the Panthers. Oh, yeah. Right, sorry. There's no Golden the name right. anymore, but whatever. Um, I just want to discuss those really quick. All right. Um, so, if anyone hasn't heard, the couple of years ago, the Miami Hurricanes and the FIU Panthers signed a two-game deal where one game would be played at Miami's home, so that's Hard Rock Stadium, and then the other would be played at a site to be determined, but would be an FIU home game and all for all intents and purposes. FIU Stadium only seats 20,000 people, which is way too small to fit all of the UM fans that would be showing up, so they case looks like an android that just got activated for the first time. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have uh, crazy eyes and gaze uh, on the screen for a little bit. Just for a little bit. There's one there. He does uh, look like an android guys. I, I, I had a pull back on that. <laughs> I'm just gonna have him on screen there just for a little bit. So uh, okay continue. So they announced that the game is gonna be held at Marlins Park, which has held three bowl games in the past, 2014 through 2016. That game was summarily moved to Frisco, Texas. And I know these things, just trust me. <laughs> the DXL Bowl. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but indications are, are those googly eyes photoshopped in? <laughs> uh, somebody commented, "Are those googly googly eyes photoshopped in on uh, on Adam Gase, dude? <laughs> it's great. I love him." Uh, so the game is potentially going to hold forty thousand people if all attendance. Mind you, Marlins Park only seats thirty-seven thousand in total for baseball. Right, but they're adding in. It's actually the smallest park in, in Major League Baseball. And they never fill it up, so. <laughs> oh, no. I think I've only been to one sold-out Marlins game. And that was the opening day of the of the ballpark. 
That's it's the only time it's been sold out for an actual Miami Marlins games. They've had the Yankees here and they they were not able to sell out. So that think, tells you something. I think the only other games that might have been sold out were the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, the World Baseball Classics were the only non Marlins baseball games that were not sold out. So there's the potential that this could become the highest attended sporting event in the stadium because they're adding 5,000 seats on the field. So we'll see how that works. Okay. Um, second off, I'm uh, Mr. Freddie Airmail here. I'm just uh, doing a plug for him. He has a ranking system called Fred Rank. <laughs> for... It he well I'll let Freddie discuss it a bit more, but it's it's his own ranking system for college football teams. Okay. And every week he goes through and he does all 130 teams, and he released his oh he released his end of the season rankings, and they're pretty impressive. All Fred rank is greater than playoff system. I totally agree. <laughs> if Freddie wants to put a link to it on the in the chat. Feel free to because I don't want to do it without his permission. But it's really fascinating. He, like I said, he ranks all 130 teams, and it is by far I think the most unbiased polling system out there. He takes all of the computer rankings, all of the the regular voting rankings, and uh -huh. It's just such a comprehensive system. It's fantastic. So I guess that's like a, a non-non-sponsor <laughs> of the <Okay>. show. <laughs> but it's, it's a great system, and I trust Fred Rank over any other ranking system. I don't know if you guys saw... Um... And he just posted the link there right now. Okay. Uh... I don't know if you guys saw the Adam Gase meme with the taco, but there's one where he's... Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have not. There's one, if you search for it, I'm trying to put it on screen, but um, if you search for it, uh, somebody like photoshopped in like uh, a, a taco on... <laughs> Like as he's as he's moving his eyes, there's a there's a taco flying around. And he's trying to trying to chase it down. I <laughs> uh, can't find it, but if I do find it later, I'll post it up. Okay, uh, all right. So those are our football topics, actually. So that's we got through those pretty pretty nicely, pretty quickly, yeah. pretty cleanly, actually. All right, guys. I want to move on to the NBA. So. Um, Mr. Cesar here has some time constraints, so yeah, I want to yeah, get to his topics first. Yeah, yeah, but the All-Star game, yeah, because he's at the airport actually right now having a beer, so... Um, <laughs> several, several. Several beers, okay, several, several beers, so uh, it's going to get more interesting as we go along. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so <laughs> NBA All-Star game's happening soon, uh, but we all kind of have issues with how it is because it's actually pretty boring for the most part so last week cesar said that he had some ideas to kind of spruce up the event uh so uh, w hit us hit us cesar what you got well who we were talking about last week two on two three on three 21 
I mean, bring it back to the old school stuff, like schoolyard stuff. It would actually be competitive. You're not, you know, like if it's going one on one and not a five on five game where you can spread the floor, mm-hmm. people are actually going to want to stick each other because they're going to get embarrassed. You get people actually using their crossovers, actually using like their athleticism to get to the rim. It's going to get competitive. I have sure. two questions. I have Go two ahead. questions for you. One, would it be half court or would it be full court? Half. Half court. And then second, would you follow the NHL's current system, which is divide everything into conferences? Basically like a round-robin tournament type of thing? More or less. I'm actually okay with what they did last year with the um, choosing the captains. Oh, okay. You get a, cap- you get a captain, you get someone who's doing like, the best two players in the NBA. Three-on-three three game, you have, like, say, LeBron, AD, and who's uh, hard on one team. You have Giannis, uh, Kyrie, and what? Uh, Kawhi. Steph Curry, on a, Steph Curry or Kawhi on the other team. Tell me that wouldn't be the most interesting thing to watch, not just in the NBA, but all sports. I, I would I would actually watch it for once. Yeah. I never watch the NFL, all, uh, sorry, NBA All-Star game. It's... It, Hey, people don't even watch the slam dunk contest anymore. Which is a shame. Although that one year with Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, Aaron that Gordon. was fun. Yeah. Was when they great. just kept that going tit for tat for tons of overtime runs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it, it's a really interesting idea. I'd like, I'd love to see uh, one on one, basically, because you know these guys, they have all the skills in the world, but like a one on one, like. Um, I could I could never see that happening one on one no way. Uh, it it just be well actually one on one because you have to do a per position I think. That's true. I, but even then I, I don't I just I can't see that happening because as much as like NBA players have confidence, you're not going to put yourself on the line out there to get shown up by another NBA player. I if mean, you're play, if it, you're playing two on two, three on three, you can always blame someone else and always like the blame goes elsewhere. But yeah, no way. I could never see a one-on-one. I wish that would happen. Oh no, I wish no it would. That, I'm just—it's all wishful thinking. But I mean, yeah. a one-on-one, ter- like round robin, like round robin tournament of some sort, where like we just whittle down the what? How many all stars are there? Thirty. I think thirty. So we'd have to kind of like probably bump it up to like thirty-two players get selected, and it just be like. You know, I mean, it would take a long time though. I don't know. It would. You'd have to find a way to shorten the time frame and figure it out because you can't play twenty-one and just have these guys going at it. But it, basically, NBA Street V three. In a sense, I just had a brilliant <laughs> idea. What they should do is um, horse. Can you imagine the crazy s expletive? I mean, that would come out during those. You could have the like have the all star selections happen maybe like maybe two or three weeks beforehand, and you could have these guys actually try and develop like horse ideas, and you know how with the dunk contest they're always bringing in props and all that stuff. So you could actually have these guys have some wild things happening. Like I don't know, you know those floating like blimps that they have inside of the arenas yes. it's okay you have to hit it off the blimp okay you have to pass it to jack nicholson over here and then he has to and then he has to like drip it all over he can't travel though so we'll see if jack nicholson can actually like handle a basketball and he passes it to you i don't know it, it could be crazy but um 
it's all it's it's super wish i I, yeah basically nba jam in a sense in real life but they got to do something man uh but a three on three like a three on three tournament that could work because it's basically what the nhl actually does it's actually a three on three tournament really is it re- is it really? Well, technically a four on four because it's three players and a goalie. Yeah, but yeah, the uh, NHL basically has three players and one goalie, and it it spreads out the whole playing field, playing surface, and the guys get creative with it. So incredibly high score. Basically, the same thing in basketball when they have so much space, those guys get really creative. Um, maybe have the Harlem, Harlem Globetrotters play some of those guys. I don't know. That'd be fun too. <laughs> It really opens, you get a ton of breakaways, so you get to see these crazy moves and even crazier saves. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, an NHL All-Star game is played with their stupid-ass overtime rules. Yeah, that's basically the, 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 the All-Star <laughs> tournament, but, okay, other thing, guys, is the NBA All-Star, um, All-Star jerseys were leaked today. And I'm gonna try and pull it up here on screen, but I am uh, very disappointed, really. Can I go I ahead and know. give my review? Go I'm ahead. gonna give my patented, eh, just a giant eh. I'm, I'm not thrilled with them. And nor am I thrilled with the NHL uniforms, design-wise. It's fantastic that they're using recycled plastic from the ocean. But in terms of design, eh, but that's another story. I mean, it's up there on screen. It's basically, uh, we just see the black version, which I guess would be for um, the team black or team white, depending on the, the players that they're going to select for the All-Star game to the teams. Uh, we see a, with the Lakers jersey in black and white, it's got a Jordan, um, Jordan patch, actually, because... Um, Michael Jordan does own the Charlotte Hornets, and the All-Star game is in Charlotte. So Nike, instead of the Nike logo, it's the Jordan logo. So that'll be fun to see. I'm sure that ups the value of the jerseys themselves just by having the Jordan logo on there. And it's red, white, and blue stripes on the collars and sleeves. And then they've got, I guess, for the Western Conference, red stars, because the color for the Western Conference is red. And I'm assuming uh, white... Uh, a white jersey with blue stars for the Eastern Conference, even though that's not how they play it anymore. Um, it just it looks so bland. It's super bland. I I I like minimalism in my designs, but I don't know. I, I don't like it. I just don't like it. Neither does you, Mister Canada, who says. Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z. Yeah, Charles. Yeah. Okay. So you guys ever go to like discount store before school started when you were in elementary or middle school, and your parents couldn't really afford the real stuff to make you look fresh and fly. That looks like the whole. You know, it's okay. Just put put a marker on it. It'll say Jordan. It's alright. I feel like your mom just bought a magnet or a pin and popped it on there. Now you're cool with your friends. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's... It's, it's boo-boo, man. It's, I, I was I, just about to say that. So, I, I have a speak on this, and this is actually like something... So, one thing, you guys may not know this about me yet, 
but I'm very into fashion and high fashion. Yes, he is. So I, I, I can I, I attest to that. <laughs> so the, I pay attention to what NBA players wear. Like, I love Russell and the fact that we're here for God. Um, what's it called? LeBron wears all the off-white stuff that Virgil makes. Dwayne Wade so and his capris. I, yeah, I mean, all of it. But so I'm just like, I'm very like shocked. I don't know. First of all, I don't know who actually made these jerseys. Second of all, I'm surprised there's not going to be more outrage from the NBA players. They're like, yeah, I have an image to maintain. And this, if this like jersey does not fit my image. Uh, uh, was it one of you that proposed that the players should choose their, oh no, was it Charles with the themes? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm a, it, it's a mix of everything. So how you can make the all-star cool and also the fashion sense. So let's do it together. Make it a themed all-star game. Your inauguration, <laughs> Space Jam. Team Monstar versus Team NBAs. And you make, like, the guys from the Team NBAs were the old, like, jerseys of whoever the cat, uh, the Space Jam was besides Jordan. So, you know, LeBron wants to be Jordan today. We'll get a this would have been the perfect season for it, actually, because mm-hmm. Michael Jordan and, and, and the Hornets. At the rules, the, the announcement of the new Space Jam. I know, but this is why we can't have nice things. You know, just, just imagine costume-themed NBA All-Star Games. It's silly and it's meaningless. Let's have fun with it. It'll feel like an episode of The Office every holiday special. You can have a Christmas-themed one. LeBron comes in like Santa Claus. You have uh, you can have Chris Paul coming in like Cupid. You could have Anthony Davis coming in as like the New Year's baby. I'm all about this. Let's make it happen. <laughs> I've got... On the screen, the NHL All-Star jerseys are just as plain as the NBA one. They probably got the same designers. Uh, they're in black. No, the logos are in black and white, just like the NBA All-Star ones. Uh, it's all black and white, really. They actually look like LA Kings jerseys, which is surprising because it's the San Jose Sharks who are hosting it, and their biggest rival are the LA Kings. So I don't know why they would like say yes to this design. I'm not sure why. But. I saw a comment somewhere saying that these would make for great L.A. Kings alternates. Yeah, no, the L.A. Kings have, I mean, they've got their, their black, silver, and white look, which um, I actually do enjoy, but I really do enjoy their Laker colors, too. Um, I actually prefer them in their Lakers colors than the black and, and white and silver, but... Um, but as I mentioned earlier, I really like... The design is terrible for these, but I like how all the jerseys are made of recycled plastic. Didn't the Hurricanes do that? The Miami Hurricanes? I think they yes. did. Yeah, they made them out of out of ocean trash. Same company. Okay, Adidas. Um, Adidas. I will also note though that the All Star jerseys do, which was perfect for this season for the Hurricanes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got my jab in. I got my jab in. There we go. High five. <laughs> um, I will note that there is a splash of color in these, and it's inside of the collar. It I hate teal. that. I, it's stupid, but... Okay, so the, the NHL has this stupid thing where they have like a little, like, a design inside of the collars of the jerseys, which you'll never see on the players. And you yourself will never see when you're wearing it, only when you're like hanging it in your, in your, in your closet or something. Uh, so if they've got teal, which is the only significant sign that it's hosted by the Sharks... And it's it's just kind of a stupid thing. I, I don't know. I just hate the designs for both the NBA and the NHL. They dropped the ball. Let's hope uh, Cleveland actually does well with the MLB All-Star game. Uh, alrighty. So, uh, moving on, actually. Since, oh, 
Let's. I, th I think it's time for our first segment. Oh, okay. So I actually, since uh, I want to hear Cesar's, because because I uh, okay, we're we're gonna go to uh, our word from our non-sponsors. Um, Cesar, since you're out the airport, I don't know when your flight's out. You you could be called right now to go on on the plane. What 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 have you been enjoying lately? What's what have you been up to? Well, as I'm leaving the bar, yeah. what have I been up to? I've been drinking Sigos. <laughs> Taste of the Pacific, drink Pacifico. <laughs> first, but at the same time, getting a little buzz before your flight. Pacifico. <laughs> Do you have a promo code? He's actually literally using the thing right now. Okay. Oh, yeah. You don't you don't see a lot of people sponsoring their stuff and be like, yeah, I actually use this. He's actually using it now. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you can trust his word yeah. as to the Pacific, quality. Pacific Coast fifteen. Alright. What what kind of beer is that actually? Tell tell us about it. What 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 is it? It's a thirst quenching water. Oh. The taste of Mexican sand. Mm -hmm. And just a, a tiny hint of a Tijuana. Ah, okay. oh, interesting. All righty. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you got a promo code for that, man? It uh, was, uh, let's change it up. It's Tijuana 15. All or right. It's called uh, Mexican Burn 15. Mexican Burn 15. <laughs> All righty. Uh, who's up next? Okay, I'll go. All right, cool. This isn't a product necessarily, and I know I've been kind of on a streak of not doing, not using products, but I want to give a shout out to RCFB, which is the official college football subreddit. I've been on there for about four years, I think, at this point, and it's just a lot of fun, a lot of cool guys and gals on there. Uh, they're actually running a competition right now called the Fulmer Cup, which is a contest to see which team has the most players and coaches arrested during the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, you can look it up online, Fulmer Cup, F-U-L-M-E-R, and it's, it's a blast. We actually had our first arrest the other day. Who? It was a defensive lineman for Alabama was arrested for public intoxication, which earned him one point. It's a but point. was he drinking Pacific Coast 15 at least? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they have a point-based system, and it goes up from 1 to 25. I won't discuss what 25 is because that's a little rated R for this show. But if you look <laughs> it up on Fulmer Cup, you know what? Screw it, I'm going to say it. 25 points for cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, there's not been anyone... Um, so it's kind of like a like college football Deadpool kind of thing? Look up the information, but... Yeah. To give us an update as to, like, every week, like, the new arrests and everything, so we can actually... Because we're, we're all in law, so it's actually kind of interesting <laughs> for us, too, you know? <laughs> You know, I will definitely do it. I'm on the, the the committee this year, which is the committee that makes the determination of is this a valid arrest and how many points it's worth. 
<laughs> it's a I forget I think it's like an eight member committee and just going off. So what if okay, so okay, so we have arrests, but do we get more points for like convictions or <laughs> adjudication withheld? Or, you know... They just go strictly by arrest. Oh, okay. So, um, it's done that way because if a person... Like, for example, the guy that was arrested in, uh, for under, uh, for public intoxication, it was likely that he was underage as well. But they only arrested him and charged him with public intoxication, so he only gets the point for that. Okay. But it it kind of even it makes things fair in a way because some people might get reduced charges or a plea deal or whatever. We just go strictly by what were they charged with. Okay. All right. So we're only a week into this thing, but it's it's going to be a doozy. Oh, it already it, sounds it always fun, is. Dude. Last always year's winner fun. was Rutgers, so we'll see if they can What was the worst thing someone was arrested for? If you remember I'll have to ask, but okay. I, I, th- it would probably have to be. Oh, let me get back to you on that okay. next week. Next week, the worst one and maybe the stupidest one. <laughs> plenty of stupid ones, I can tell you that much. Okay, all right, Charles, you're up. It's a comment that Najee Davenport, man. It's a little spooky. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be the best one. Uh, so everybody, this is like my first segment because I get a little bit excited. And uh, for me, you know, as I get older, everybody's getting married, and I'm not getting married, but I got to look good for these weddings, so I've been eating some salads, but every now and then, I want to treat myself to something tasty, so I can hate myself a little later, but not too much, and I've been craving some, and you know, I don't live in Miami anymore, so I need the proper ethnic thing that I can get in white America, Stewart, Florida, so my... (laughs) non-sponsor sponsor this week is Pollo Tropical. <laughs> it's time to Pollo. I had a Tropa Chop today and I got with that guava barbecue and that hot sauce. Oh, that guava barbecue and, is good. Oh, it's so good. You, you just get it. You can get it. You can get your bowl any way you want it. I like to get chicken, sometimes mojo pork, rice, you know, some beans, and then get some corn in there. We don't do peppers. I'm old. Gerd kicks me. I can't do it. But when you want something that's not a uh, McDonald's, Wendy's, or Burger King set up because it's gonna be 20 minutes old at the White House. Let you get some fresh, fresh chicken in a bowl. Don't be like the Clemson boys. We weren't there. Clemson. Keyword, keyword, code promo: warm food. Warm food. Don't be like the Clemson players. <laughs> Although, don't you know, they recently Settle introduced macaroni and cheese to the Tropa Chop. Oh you. God! There you go, guys. Don't settle for less. Settle for tropical. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, so I actually want to do some a little experiment here with 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 my uh, with my non-sponsor. Okay. So you know, last week we actually got some acknowledgement from one of our non-sponsors. So I actually want to do this on camera right here. This is a uh, Topo Chico. Alrighty. Well, my non-sponsors are actually flavor enhancers. So I've got two of them here. This one's called Fit and Active. All right, it's in grape flavor. And then we got one here from actually Crush, Orange Crush right here. All right, so I actually wanted to uh, demonstrate this live with Andrew so we can get his impressions of it. Oh, brother. So we're gonna crack open some uh, some Topo Chico right here. All righty. <laughs> this is an alcoholic, is it? 
No, no, dude, it's not. It's, okay. it's mineral water. <laughs> it's Mexican mineral water, and it's actually pretty damn good. I'll tell you that much. So, uh, Topo Chico, another shout out to you guys. You guys actually acknowledged us. So, uh, I'm actually going to give you guys some more love. Uh, I found that at Whole Foods, and it's it's really freaking good. It's actually my favorite of the of the sparkling waters out there, the mineral waters. So uh, whatever the whatever the water out there in Mexico, whatever the rumors you hear, it doesn't give me diarrhea. I'll tell you that much. Okay. <laughs> it's, I find it interesting that we have two Mexican based Mexican based beverage products on the show this week. Oh well, Cesar is Mexican, right? Half. Half Mexican. That's half. right. I am a half. Alrighty, so Papacal is Mexican white people. So this is what I do. Okay, this is what I do. So I take these flavor enhancers. I love these things. All right, they have uh, either zero to like five calories. Okay, this crushed one. We're gonna try this. So let's say you don't want any actual crushed soda. All right, fine. I just want the taste of crushed. It's sugar free. I just dump this right into the cup, and then I pour myself out some Topo Chico here, and look at that. We got ourselves like a makeshift soda. There's a life hack there for you guys, all right? So, Andrew, you try that. You try that stuff and tell me how it tastes. Kind of mix it up a little bit. Yeah, there you go. All righty. There he is. Taking a sip. Tastes like Orange Crush. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. It tastes like Orange Crush. All right, that's for you, dude. You can have that. All righty. So my, my my non-sponsor is flavor enhancers guys. Okay, get some mineral water. You guys got some makeshift sodas if you don't want actual soda and it might be healthier than you. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but I feel like it is. So uh promo code won't give you cancer. <laughs> as far as I know. Oh boy. Alrighty guys. So <laughs> we're gonna move on to Major League Baseball. Uh, we are still in the middle of hot stove season, but uh, other than Kyler Murray, other stuff has been happening. Uh, well, really, most most of the rumor mill. And it, yeah, I was gonna say not not much has happened. It's actually there's there's rumors that maybe there's some collusion happening between the owners, and we might be heading into another Major League Baseball strike. And it's actually something I wanted to hear from you guys. Do you think Major League Baseball could survive another strike? No. 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 Oh, nope. Really? Look how, do you know what it took to bring Major League Baseball back from, oh, and just as an editorial note, Francisco is going for the, the grape flavored. Yeah, man, this is good. All right. <laughs> Get some of that purple drink. Look how it took the 1998 home run, home run chase with McGuire and Sosa to really kind of bring back the majors from the doldrums that was the 1994 lockout. So football is more popular than ever. The NHL is kind of working its way back. Uh, MLS is actually starting to take off a little bit. It was literally non-existent during, 19, during the 1994 strike. It, it started in 96. College football is more popular than ever. Basically, my and point is... NBA is the fastest-growing sport. Internationally. In the world. Yeah, in the world. In the world. Yeah. So my ultimate point being is Major League Baseball has no room 
for error because they already are losing ground to all the other major sports. So if there's any excuse or any reason to put off the fans, they're not going to come back like they used to. And baseball is sort of on an upswing right now, at least in the past couple of years. So to negate all of those gains with another lockout, it, it may tank the league for decades, which would be sad. Not to mention Kyler Murray may be going to the NFL <laughs> instead of MLB, and that would be a huge loss. Because I mean, Major League Baseball actually sent their PR guys with the A's to try and entice them. No, they did. Kyler Murray, more than just his talent, is big for the Major League Baseball just because it would give incentive to kids to say, hey, look, this is the Heisman Trophy winner, and he still chose baseball over an NFL career. That... Kyler Murray is a big tipping point for Major League Baseball, whether they'll have any sort of survival for the next couple of decades. All right, guys. What else? What do y'all think? Uh, I mean, just to kind of touch on it, you can have a strike that's going to occur because it seems like the money that they want from arbitration, they're going to award a lot more. Um, I know that's always an issue. Some guys are having to play out on really cheap contracts, and they're proving that they're all-star worthy calibers, and it's not coming in there. Baseball has kind of and so service becoming a hundred and fifth hundred sixty game season going on, plus playoffs included to the face of the baseball. And if they're not coming in, uh, one year on a strike, let's say Cleats is pretty short league, basketball's biting at the heels, especially since it's a very player-friendly market uh, where they can have their own brand, they can be the face of that sports industry versus baseball, which is just a lot of, you know, there's the Yankee way. Randy Johnson came in, we made him cut his hair. They still have that kind of, I hate to say it, dictatorship that goes on with owners, GMs, presidents, players at the bottom of that totem pole. Uh, and the thing is, can you keep viewers involved for a 162-game season and playoffs included, especially when small market teams aren't having a chance to come in so you lose those viewers because okay it's the miami marlins we don't care okay it's the oakland ladies we don't care and you're seeing actually the same teams always get in you're not getting a fresh a breath, fresh air i mean i've uh, to be i actually am feeling that fatigue i've always thought the major league baseball season has been too long um mm -hmm. and, and i guess as a marlins fan it's too long for me because we're already out of it by <laughs> july so 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 that's that's but at the same time like i love baseball okay i grew up with it i played it uh i played in high school i it, it, i have my name outside of marlins park for god's sake but like i mean the time and effort to watch it i, I love going to the ballpark that's fun okay it's fun you walk around grab your drinks grab your grab your food relax with people talk Maybe catch a foul ball. I've never caught one in my life. Still have yet to, but I will one day. And I will not give it to a little kid unless it's my nephew. Um, <laughs> I know baseball has tried. Very rarely will say this, and you probably won't hear me say this ever again on the show. Okay. I you changed my mind. I actually went into this like segment thinking, no, I think the MLB can survive another strike. But after hearing that, I actually am convinced. I I will have to say, yeah, the. 
I mean, ratings have been always kind of like steadily either not going up or going kind of down. Um, even with these big market teams that we had this season, the ratings weren't that much significantly higher, um, and the games weren't that great. I mean, and just the, the talent difference between good teams and bad teams is so significant that, yeah, like you said, teams that are supposed to like want to have, I mean, baseball, it's a little different than football where a team can go from like not being in the playoffs to making it to the Super Bowl. And baseball takes a couple of seasons. You have your prospects like uh, get better. I mean, you look at Philly, they're like almost made it to the playoffs and they're like kind of getting there and they're a couple pieces away. But uh, I'm actually, I, I guess I'm shocked to say, I will have to agree with you guys and say that maybe you're right and MLB would not survive another strike. I mean, they, they'd survive it. Hardcore fans are always going to be there. But baseball's demographic isn't appealing baseball's i I guess the the game itself is not as appealing to younger people as soccer and basketball right now um like like even um like everybody i've i've ever taken to either especially women um take it to a basketball game or and in football you know Football, you got the hard hits, hockey, it's just the speed, and then basketball is just basically like a, a 60-minute party. Uh, but <laughs> you go to baseball to relax. It's a thinking man sport, I've always said. Um, I've always believed. True. You know, it's more about strategy. It's more about thinking about your next move. Maybe you're, you're, maybe you're even, like, in the first inning, you're already thinking about what's going on in the ninth inning, you know? But it's... I, I don't... I, I feel like if the players had a strike, it would create such a disconnect with the fans. Um, one, baseball players are handsomely played compared yeah. to their counterparts in the NBA, in the NHL, and the NFL. I mean, look at Bryce Harper. He's potentially going to get a $400 million contract. Yeah. Like, and so you so fans look at that and be like, you guys want more money for a sport that we're not really super into? right now um what's the deal i know that uh one of the issues as far as i forgot who i think it was um jason arietta or somebody who tweeted out uh like to the one or three one to three year um players in the in major league baseball how they're getting screwed over with you know arbitration and everything like that and that might be one of the issues with the players going on strike but still the average major league salary is still like way head and shoulders above the average football salary, uh, and those guys, the NFL guys, hardly any of them even have guaranteed contracts. So uh, it, it creates a disconnect. I think baseball players in general have always been kind of less accessible to fans, and like compared to um, basketball fans, basketball fans like like. Honestly, basketball is more you following the players than following the team. Um, yeah. Really. Um, I, I, my favorite player was Dwayne Wade when I was a kid. Uh, Allen Iverson before that. Like, and I would cheer for those teams because of them. And, you know, you know the Heat are here, so I cheer for them. But at the same time, like, I have my favorite players elsewhere. I like Giannis out there in Milwaukee. Like, if yeah. he... You know, I mean, if I had a, a Giannis jersey, I'd, I'd buy it, you know, I, I'd wear it around. Um, so. Would it just say Freak on the back? What happened? 
we're just say freak on the back for uh, Francisco's jersey. Not the freak, freak, just the freak on the back. Uh, I, w- remember the NBA had the um, freaking uh, the nickname jerseys. Yeah, they had those back then for like for like a season or two. That was fun, but still, like I, 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 I'm, I don't have confidence in baseball being the same if there's a second strike, especially one that cancels the World Series if that happened. Yeah. So. Um, well, guys, I think I may have to say goodbye. My flight is starting to board. Dude. As always, it's a great time, and I'm looking forward to next week. All right. Have a safe flight, dude. Have fun have back in L.A. Uh, definitely will wrap. Good night. Take All care, right, buddy. Guys. Take care. Ciao. Bye. And then there were three. All right, guys. So. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right, so next topic. Uh. Uh, okay, actually, I wanted to get to segment here uh, since we are what we hour are fourteen in now. Yep. All right. Uh, players remember to forget. With the Kyler Murray controversy happening, I decided to pick a guy that was also a two-sport athlete. My player to forget is Brian Jordan. You guys remember Brian Jordan? Believe it or not, this is, I think, the first player I actually remember. Okay, but you haven't thought about him in a while, have you? Oh, no. All right, what about you, Charles? Remember uh, know him, haven't remembered him, so this is a perfect segment. All right, so Brian O'Neill Jordan, former MLB outfielder and NFL safety. He played for the Atlanta Falcons in the NFL, and he also played for the St. Louis Cardinals, the Atlanta Braves, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and the Texas Rangers. One of the few uh, multi-sport athletes out there, including Deion Sanders and, of course, uh, Bo Jackson. Now, uh, his career numbers in the NFL, uh, five interceptions, four fumble recoveries, and two safeties. Not too shabby. Uh, he was actually drafted in 1989 in the NFL draft. Um, and he made his major league debut in 1992 for the St. Louis Cardinals. His statistics include 282 batting average, 184 home runs, and 821 runs batted in. And uh, I guess I I know him mostly for being on the Atlanta Braves mm-hmm. because of the fact that I, I think he was on that 99 World Series squad that lost to Charles's Yankees. <laughs> uh, uh, I do remember the fact that he actually had to uh, fly in from one game to another. I think on one weekend, uh, I think on a Sunday where he might have played two games on the same day. I'm not even sure. I should probably look that up. <laughs> but uh, eventually, uh, he was actually part of the a blockbuster trade, which sent him to the Los Angeles Dodgers for Odalis Perez uh, with Odalis Perez for Gary Sheffield, who played one season in Atlanta in 2003. Um, of course, injuries got him. He missed a chunk of time in 2004 when he's with the Texas Rangers. Uh, he spent most of the 2005 season on DL with the Braves. Um, and Jeff Francoeur, one of the greatest rookies of all time, and then completely fell off a cliff after that. 
mm-hmm. uh, took over his spot, and thus, if if not for Brian Jordan getting injured, we wouldn't have had Jeff Francoeur and his torrid pace when he uh, got brought up by the Braves uh, in 2005. Finally, he decided to hang it up in 2006. Uh, now he works for Fox Sports South for the Atlanta Braves doing their pre- and post-game show. So, Brian Jordan, we remember you, dude. Uh, and, I don't know, maybe you could have convinced Kyler... They probably should have sent him with Kyler Murray. Just uh, uh, him and, and maybe Bo Jackson, because I think Bo Jackson said that if he had to do it all over again, he would have just stuck with baseball. <laughs> all right, guys. That's my guy. Do you have one, Andrew? Uh, yes, I need to pull him back up, but Alrighty. this is a carryover from last week. Oh, that's right. You were going to look up somebody. Okay, so this is Pedro Guerrero. Uh-huh. He is... I don't remember if he's related to Vladimir Guerrero. I don't think no, he No, he was not. He played from 1978 until 1992. He began. He played for the Dodgers for ten of those years, and then played for the St. Louis Cardinals for the remainder. There he is. I have him on screen right there. Five-time All-Star in '81, '83, '85, '87, and '89. Interesting. So he was great every other year. <laughs> <laughs> He's the uh, the San Francisco Giants. Exactly. Players. Won the World Series in '81 with the Dodgers was also the World Series MVP that year and was the Silver Slugger Award winner, was a Silver Slugger Award winner in 1982. The reason I bring him up is because, well, as I, we were talking, I was talking about Rookie of the Year last, last week and... The, the movie. Right. And he was, made a quick cameo in that movie. But the, re- the other reason I bring him up is because, drumroll, in September of 1999, Guerrero was arrested for trying to buy 33 pounds of cocaine from an undercover agent. <laughs> in 2000, June 2002, he was acquitted of drug conspiracy charges. Oh, if only he was a college football player. <laughs> After his attorney argued, his client's intellect prevented him from prevented him from understanding the full implications of the alleged drug deal. Okay, <laughs> that's an interesting argument to have there. Criminal law defense one on one, you guys. <laughs> Ignorance of the law, right, guys? Perfect excuse. I'm kind of surprised that... Actually, it wasn't really ignorance of the law. It's basically like, he's just really stupid, guys. Exactly. I'm surprised <laughs> that Guerrero allowed his attorney to use that because, more or less, it's... My client's an idiot. Don't... You can't charge... You can't find him guilty because he's too stupid to understand what he was doing. <laughs> but somehow the jury bought it and he went off. Are you for real? I'm I'm serious. Hold on, I'm putting this on Wikipedia. Hold on, <laughs> they bought it. <laughs> He's a free man. Wow. I don't know how he did it, but somehow that attorney deserves like a, a, ter- a defense attorney of the year award. Thirty-three pounds of cocaine. 
that is a small child worth of cocaine. <sighs> okay. Uh, oh, man. That is... Guerrero had endeared himself to thousands of fans. His legacy in Major League Baseball is that of a kind of kind outgoing person who made mincemeat of Major League pitching for 15 years and had caprices like the rest of the world. Okay. I think whoever wrote this Wikipedia article was really on his side. Because <laughs> one of the lines... It was his defense attorney. <laughs> it probably is. Because you see uh, on the opening paragraph, there's a line here that says, writer Bill James called Guerrero the best hitter God has made in a long time. So... <laughs> Any other player like this, they probably wouldn't put that sort of uh, thing there. And he is, uh, yeah, World Series MVP from 1981. Wow. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Wasn't that the Fernando Mania year? I think that was, the 81 season. What, Valenzuela? Yeah. Probably. That, I think that was, the 81 season for, for the for the Dodgers. And uh, I'm going to put up... Uh, Actually, hold on. I'm going to put up, since we're going down this rabbit hole, Rookie of the Year. I want to see who were all the players that were in that film. All right, so uh, the cat. Okay, so uh, Gary Busey was in this movie? Yeah, he played Oh, that's Chet. right. Oh, yeah, Stedman. that's right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, before he went, you know, <laughs> before he went full Busey. Okay, uh, okay. So we got Barry Bonds as himself, Bobby Bonilla. As himself, and Pedro Guerrero as himself, and John Candy was in this movie uncredited. So I'm surprised he was uncredited. He played a relatively major role. I mean, not story altering, but he was there quite a lot of it. He was one of the commentators. And filming location took place uh, Wrigley Field. Uh, I would hope so, including. <laughs> Including in between games of a doubleheader between the Cubs and the Cardinals and at O'Hare Airport in Chicago. However, the road game against the Dodgers was filmed at Comiskey Park. So I guess they didn't want to move um, any part of the set or, or I guess the whole crew since they were in Chicago the whole time. Um, even though they could have easily done stuff in L.A. Um, uh, Alright, so. Alrighty. Oh, and another fun fact. Marv, who was one of the wet bandits from Home Alone, mm -hmm. uh, the actor Daniel Stern played Brickma in Rookie of the Year. Oh, okay. Huh. So the more you know. Alrighty. Rookie of the Year. And I'm just going to put up Brian Jordan here so <laughs> everybody uh, remembers who he is. That's what he looks like, everybody. Good old B. George's. Born in Baltimore. All right. Any, any more guys? Any more? I I got one. Oh. Uh, comment really quickly. I feel for those who have been kind of carrying on for all the episodes that we've been doing, we have basically <laughs> written out the fourth season of Narcos, and it ends with how are we going to get uh, Edward Guerrero in jail uh, from our last rabbit hole trip from the player I just don't remember uh, like four episodes ago to now. It's comfortable. That's the greatest. <laughs> thing I can say I've contributed my life um, so my uh, player that we forgot emerges a little bit to my favorite thing of wrestling because <laughs> Vince McMahon is hype man he's crossing over to the XFL or rebuilding it but you know he likes to pilfer old bad players from the football days in the NFL 
uh, to use as entertainment. I would love to see Gronk, who was at WrestleMania two years ago, <laughs> mm. uh, end up being a wrestler just to kind of like hype somebody up. But my player, so bad we forget, or player that we forgot that we have to remember is Sabatino Pizzatelli. Um, and Wait. you guys probably don't know him. Okay, hold on. Well, how do you spell his name? I, so I'll give you, I'll give you the real name because it leads into the other part. Sabatino, S-A-B-A-T-I-N-O. And then Pizzatelli. His nickname was Sabby Pizzatelli, but it's P-I-S-C-I-T-E-L-L-I. Savvy. Little known fact, Pizzatelli. Oh, okay. Oh, right, he was born go. in Boca, lives in Orlando. <laughs> yeah. And his real yeah. name is Tino Sabatelli. Yeah, okay. Well, Sabatino. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's, his, that's his wrestling name. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give background. He was a safety in the NFL. He was drafted out of second round of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh-huh. You know, I got into football a little bit later in life, but I lived around Tampa when I was a growing kid, so I knew about this team and what they were cultivating. He didn't have really a successful year, but he was around for about a good, uh, you know, four or five years. He was with the Tampa Bay Bucs uh, for three years. Um, drafted out of second round, so that's pretty big for anybody as a player didn't really get much there then he went to cleveland and then he got cut then he went to the chiefs what's more important is he realized hey what's life after some guys go back to school some guys go become coaches and coordinators <laughs> he went to the wwe he got signed to develop a contract out orlando to get uh, started the performance center and then started the NXT territory for those who are fans of wrestling they all know NXT is where it's at yeah uh, they come to local areas but that's where the good stuff is i've seen him live the man looks like he's chilled from, you know, Michelangelo with Adonis. <laughs> I mean, there's, yeah, here it is. It's right there. Yeah, he's way more ripped yeah, than he was when he was playing football. Yeah, and he here it's cool to have the juice. Just for vanity's sake, game. because in football, you're covered by tons of padding <laughs> and a jersey. Here, at least based on his outfit or his, uh, I don't know, what you call it? Outfit? Uniform? What would you call it? Oh, <laughs> I mean, attire, attire. is attire. Us, <laughs> He's wearing day. boots uh, and basically a speedo. That's it. Uh, yeah, they got a it's, photo it's here. Attire, dang it! With his regular tag team partner Riddick uh, Moss in 2018. Okay. Well, okay. So Riddick, Riddick used to be a former golfer, and he realized, hey, it sucks being on the heat, so I'm gonna be a wrestler too. Um, <laughs> oh. You know, they were in a couple of the uh, tag team stuff going on. They broke up. He's on injured reserve, I guess, for the WWE. Say he's like he's just injured. He might get released. Who knows? Uh, he um, he played. You know, he played for the goal. Okay. Oh, I'm looking at his name is his real name is Michael Rallis. Uh He attended the yeah. University of Minnesota. Played for the Golden Gophers football team. Uh, he went to the Dolphins trial camp and realized the Dolphins sucked, and then he joined WWE. <laughs> well, it doesn't say, that, you know, but good for him. He, he actually made a very good career choice not to go to the Dolphins. <laughs> Dolphins are so bad, you went to a fake sport instead of playing a real sport. So Tino's right now is injured. I actually saw Riddick Moss last week when they came around doing the live events. Good luck for him and his promo. I don't know what's going to happen to hair. Uh, but, you know, wrestling right now is a hot point. Football still a hot point. Savvy Catelli, former safety from Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, you know, Sabatelli, probably a future world champion because it's making the likes chiseled dudes. So he named Riddick Moss. His name is a tribute to Randy Moss. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh. The guy's from Minnesota, played college ball in Minnesota. Must be a big hockey fan, too. 
Maybe. I'm assuming. You know, he's from big, big hockey and gopher town. That's wow. actually, when we're done with this, that would be a great segue into college hockey because I know that BU wants to discuss that he's the the king of college hockey. BU standing, of course, for? Boston University. Yes, which is a big... Hey, Flimicon, big welcome. Big hockey school. Alrighty. So... I, I'm really enjoying this wrestling rabbit hole <laughs> of, of course, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Right. Former football player. Brock Lesnar. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. That is right, too. That is right. Yeah. He's uh, obviously more successful in the WWE than he was in football, but... He... And, of course, a uh, Golden Gopher. Do you I'm want to add anything multi, in, multi uh, BU, while we kind of move on? We'll come back to you real quick. All right, so... Uh, wait, sorry. Uh, I was just really enjoying this rabbit hole. <laughs> it's actually really fun because um, I, I, you know, I haven't been up on wrestling because my best friend back when I was a kid was like super into it. Mm -hmm. He would watch, you know, all the time. He he was the one that had the wrestling N sixty four and and GameCube and PS two games. So uh, the only reason I know who who Booker T and all these guys are was because of that. Um, <laughs> And and of course, you know the the creative players from those from those games. Actually, we should, if <laughs> if I can get this computer working, we should actually play it on screen at some point. Um, alrighty, uh, so, I, I haven't been following the college hockey season this season. Neither have I, unfortunately. I mean, my I, my biggest exposure to it was being at a, a Miller's Ale House the other day, and they there was a game on in the background. I mean, this well, hockey season has been pretty bad for me as far as the Florida Panthers was concerned. That was actually what I wanted to talk about with my NHL topic, <laughs> which was the most disappointing teams. Yeah, we're already midway through the season for pretty much all the teams. So um, I know, Charles, you can you can go ahead and play Super Smash Bros. through the segment if you want, but because <laughs> you're not a big hockey guy. Or you can listen to me ramble on, uh, whichever it is. But... Um, uh, so we are midway through the NHL season. The Tampa Bay Lightning are continuously destroying teams at this point. Um, they won uh, two nothing against the Dallas Stars uh, most recently. Um, Des Bryant actually was at that game for the Dallas, which is kind of strange because he's not with the Cowboys anymore. But um, I guess he's a Stars fan. Uh, which who knows? And the other Jordan was at the other game before that. Well, no wonder they lost. They the goalie couldn't <laughs> the goalie couldn't catch the pucks. I I kid to my Cowboys uh, my Cowboys <laughs> fans out there. He did actually make that catch. He was screwed by the refs. Yeah, and actually, so, I'm looking at it. The the Lightning are the only team that have fewer than ten losses, not no. including overtime. I mean. It, yeah, they're technically, let's say, pure wins and losses, 36 and 11. Right. But that's still, that'd be awesome in the NBA right now. <laughs> okay, they'd be one of the top teams over there. In the NHL, that's basically your leaps and bounds above everyone else. Mm -hmm. uh, because, of course, we have the Batman points that kind mm -hmm. of prop up, uh, especially the wildcard teams, kind of prop up their, their stats and their standings. But um, uh, I guess the most disappointing teams... Uh, as a Panthers fan, I know we're one of the most disappointing teams because 
We actually have a really good offense this season. Uh, we have Alexander Barkov. Um, Mike Hoffman has been one of the best pickups um, in the offseason for, for any team, really. He's already got 20-plus goals. Uh, Evgeny Davinov, uh, really great signing last season, very under the radar from the KHL. Uh, Vincent Trocek, unfortunately, got injured. He actually will be back soon, which is amazing because I thought he was done for the season. Um what happened to him? He basically, his head, his leg went away that it shouldn't. Mm. <laughs> That's been happening a lot this year. We had Mackenzie Milton with his leg. Who's actually now starting to walk again. Not uh, Well, not sure about walking, but he's able to press 40 pounds using his leg. Yeah. Which is a miracle, considering that he basically almost lost his leg, and I'm not even exaggerating. It's amazing that... Of the doctors, the sports medicine has gone so far. I mean, it's 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 leaps and bounds. Like players are coming back from injuries that people thought were catastrophic for like a season or maybe even their careers, and now you know. I mean, I just I know I'm going off on a tangent. I still don't think that he's going to be playing in 2019, but the fact that he's even able to do this is just remarkable. Yeah. So you know, kudos to the USF and Tampa General. Uh, doctors for doing that but going back to Trocek like you said the fact that he's even able to come back this season is incredible but still the Florida Panthers have a multitude of issues um, number one being defense um, Mike Matheson I don't know what's going through his head but he seems to have a penchant to give the puck up to the other team <laughs> right in front of our net which is not very good for a defenseman now, I know he's like, what, he might, I think he's like 22 years old or something like that. The Panthers still have a ton of, like, super young players under 25. Mm -hmm. But, and of course, defensemen in hockey notoriously take longer to develop. Uh, but it, it seems like they're trying to make him work through his issues. Yet, he needs to be benched. He really does need to be benched. And... Um, a lot of players actually really benefit from it because they get to see the game from on, up high, up there in the press box with you know idiots like me, and and he gets to see basically the game play out in front of his eyes and actually helps players a lot. I think he would benefit from at least being benched one game to mm -hmm. see how that, that goes. But still, the Panthers have a, a multitude of issues. Goaltending, uh, Roberto Luongo is starting to show his age. Which is really bad for us because we don't have an heir apparent to him. Uh, and I'm very, very upset that we have yet to find anyone. who's The Panthers have been very good at trading for their goaltenders. So I'm hoping that they do. But we don't really have an heir apparent. We don't have anybody like Vasilevsky in Tampa was you know under Ben Bishop where you knew he was going to take over at some point. We have Sam Montebal. In the, in the minors, but he's still not exactly the guy we see as the future. But maybe, you know, you never know. James goalies are, are weird. What about James Reimer? You have him. We have James Reimer, yes. But James Reimer is James Reimer. <laughs> and if you know James Reimer, you understand what I'm talking about. He's a very, very serviceable backup. Really good. Really Maple good. Leaf, Maple Leafs fans know, oh, no. know that. Know I mean, Leafs well. fans like, you know, Optimus Rhyme, but he's, he's still... He's very much a backup. He's not a starter. He's not a 1A or 1B type of guy. He is basically, he is a number two, okay? All right, he works for Dr. Evil. He's number two. Uh, 
And so um, the Panthers don't have an answer for that. Um, I know I'm getting deep into the Panthers, and I might as well make a segment called The Panthers Are Terrible, and I might I actually might if this keeps going on. Great idea to do that is just take the, the Dolphins Are Terrible and just cross that out and put Panthers. Yeah, that's probably what I will do, but... Um, okay, uh, I don't want to get delve deep into the Panthers. The other super disappointing team this season, the St. Louis Blues. Mm. Okay, St. Louis Blues. I know they play in the super tough Central Division with the Nashville Predators and the Winnipeg Jets and um, and the Minnesota Wild and the Colorado Avalanche. But there was just there was still this expectation. They still have uh, Tarasenko. Uh, they still have a lot of great players on their squad but it seems like they have it's basically the same thing that happened with the Panthers high expectations and just straight up disappointment just um, to note for everybody out there the St. Louis Blues they are 12th out of the 15 team Western Conference they have played 45 games they are currently 20 and 20 and 5 so 20 wins 20 they're 500 they're a 500 squad. Little over, little under because overtime losses. Uh, but they're they're a 500 team as far as NHL because they have 45 points in 45 games. Right. Um, and the Panthers are three points under 500. But still. Um, but they're 14th, so it's a. Yeah. Very. No, no, it, they are. But still, the Blues still need a. Both of these teams would need like a a 10 game stretch of winning like eight games out mm-hmm. of out of 10 just to get back into some semblance of a playoff conversation but of course the Panthers did that last season but they missed out I don't think that's happening this season and maybe the Blues have it in them but they play in the Western Conference in the NHL mm-hmm. and I I don't see them surpassing one of those Pacific teams uh, you still have the Calgary Flames, who are really good this season. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are good again. The uh, the San Jose Sharks, uh, I think they've won eight games in a row now. Uh, and they have to overcome uh, those guys. And the second wild card spot is held by the Wild. Uh, the, the Blues are already four points out of it, but it's just they can't seem to get it going. Like... Like they're just they're pulling on the engine like they're they're cranking that lawnmower but it just it's not it's not starting up so but they have it in them it's just midway through the season they just have been disappointing people thought they would be better um, my other disappointment for this season um, I didn't think the LA Kings would be this bad now there's a lot of issues uh, as far as their players it may it just might be what. What's going on with the Blackhawks right now? I thought the Blackhawks would be bad. They're not one of the most disappointing teams to me because I thought they would be this team. Okay, I know they have Taze, but Taze is still kind of um, people prop him up, but he's he's not one of the elite players in the league. He's a good player, and of course he's a Blackhawks great, but um, I still saw the Blackhawks as somebody as as a team that um, as a team that just they're, they're, the window's shut for them. Okay, mm-hmm. they have to find something to start over. But the Kings, oof, man, Jonathan Jonathan Quick could use change of scenery. Um, I think they they just lost the Minnesota Wild last night. 
Um, Quick would be a great pickup for a team that needs a goaltender and who has that playoff experience, you know, with the two Stanley Cup championships. But um, I just didn't think the Kings were, like, second-worst team in the league bad. And they've disappointed me. And um, But it's they've been on this downward trend. I know that, but I just didn't think they'd fall off this badly. Um, and they're not gonna they're not making the playoffs they're just not so but maybe it's beneficial for them because it gives them a shot to start over um, my next team would be the Anaheim Ducks another Kings rival um, the Ducks are also one of those teams that just couldn't get it hasn't gotten it going uh, and the only reason that they are even in this even two points out of a playoff spot is because of their goaltender <laughs> Um, we all love hot goaltenders, uh, not from a aesthetically pleasing standpoint, unless you're into that. I'm, I don't know. Maybe you are. I mean, goaltenders have the masks and stuff. That's, they look pretty darn cool. But, um, the Ducks goaltender, um, Gibson has been just amazing. He's probably one of those guys that, that you're, you're in the Vista conversation for him because he's literally carrying this team. Um, the Ducks have that talent. I didn't think I, they still have the um, very good, talented players. I, you know, with um, Getzlaff, Corey Perry, all that stuff. Um, uh, Kessler is still on that team, but uh, they just need to get it going. That's that's just the, they can't ride on Gibson because at some point he's not going to be. Unless he rides this all the way to the Vesna Trophy, which he could. He could basically do what Carey Price does with the Canadiens and carry them across uh, into a playoff spot. But um, even though Antony Emi had 52 saves against the Panthers last night. 52 saves, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and no overtime. 52 saves, 60 minutes. I bet. I, I would hope that the... the the assistant coaches or whatever checked his locker to make sure there wasn't a gun there because <laughs> if i had stopped 52 shots i would i would be w looking to shoot my defenseman that's unreal and yeah. for a non-overtime game yeah uh which more testament to the fact that the panthers suck and they, their shot selection is terrible but um john gibson uh, has been carrying the ducks the ducks need to do better behind them because they can and they've got a good goaltender and as you know you get in the playoffs you get a hot, hot goaltender man you could you could ride that all the way to the Stanley Cup final ask the Knights uh, even though the Knights right now um, well Marc-Andre Fleury is in the Vesna conversation right now to be honest so but the Knights themselves are a good team all around so uh, it's not just Fleury carrying the team across the finish line like um, like Gibson is and then, um, uh, I, I, I guess my other team would be the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, they made the playoffs last season, even though last season I didn't think they were worthy of the playoffs. But um, things have fallen apart. They've fired the coach, fired GM. Uh, it looks like they're just going to tank. So, eh, good for them. Uh, at this point, I'm hoping the Panthers make that decision. And it's already swirling around 
that they're looking to trade um, uh, their their defenseman that they got from the KHL this season on the one year contract. So uh, we're at that point in the season where teams finally need to start thinking about their uh, their moves for the trading deadline. Any any thoughts, Andrew? What are you watching? Your NHL, NHL, any of that stuff? Uh, not as much as I should be. Mm. Um, I know that there are a few disappointing teams. I know people are making fun of the Flyers for where they're sitting at right now. Well, I mean, it's Philly, so we of course it's it's fun to make fun of them. And I would say that. I mean, I'm still cautiously optimistic about the Lightning. I know that we're doing fantastic in the regular season, but uh, I won't be cautiously optimistic until we're holding Lord Stanley's Cup. So we'll we'll see about things. Uh, I think overall it's a good season. I know the Winter Classic was a pretty big success. It always is. It, it always is. Um... I don't have too much to add, which is unfortunate because hockey is one of my favorite sports, but I haven't been following it too much. I will say that I really hope to get to a Panthers game at some point this season. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll try and plan that out. Um, I actually do, since uh, you actually, and I guess BU wanted to mention it, you at um, NCAA D1 Hockey. Um, just want to take a look at the rankings to to be honest, let's, let's look so at The that. top team right now is UMass. Uh, I'm assuming UMass Amherst, but maybe BU can correct me on that. Second is St. Cloud State, which, if you look at their logo, is awfully similar to um, Montreal, the Canadiens. Okay. Um, the Huskies of St. Cloud State. Denver is also there. Top four is UMass, St. Cloud State, Denver, Ohio State. A couple of other team kind of usual suspects in there. Minnesota Duluth, yeah. I mean, this is all pretty standard rankings. Uh, we're, we're not... Surprised the Gophers are on this list. Wow. wow. Interesting. I mean, they are receiving votes at the bottom they are tied with boston university for receiving votes but not ranked mm-hmm. um i mean nothing too out of the ordinary i'm really that. happy about arizona state there at 17 yeah i mean because I, i've always said that if i ever you know got jeff bezos type of money <laughs> um i would make a, a d1 college program at florida state you know uh and if Arizona, and this is once again like validity for Southern uh, hockey pushing towards the South. Basically, Batman's grand Southern hockey manifest destiny. I don't know what you would call it, <laughs> but uh, it, I just gotta say, Arizona State is currently the most successful hockey team in the state of Arizona. <laughs> well, the Coyotes are actually having a good season, actually, for for what they are. Um, <laughs> They're doing better than the Panthers. I, I would I would say that. Um, well, uh, they're doing at, well one point better than the Panthers, but still, they're they're a team that the Panthers should be better than the Coyotes. But you know, the Coyotes have made improvements. They're better than the Blackhawks right now, and and they're only six points out of a playoff spot with a game in hand. So you know, one good streak 
they they could be in it um but still uh and i don't know how the tucson roadrunners are doing in the ahl <laughs> um but still arizona state if they do well would really validate this push into the south um and right now there there is another major southern college hockey team and that's uh alabama huntington I right think. no no, no yeah. huntsville huntsville, huntsville yeah but I mean, they've been there for a while, actually. But I, right now, Maine is kicking Boston College's ass four to one, which is rather emblematic of the Eagles' season. <laughs> oh, actually, um, make that five to one. <laughs> actually, uh, let me see. Uh, I was gonna look up. Uh, well, I'll post it on screen, but and Boston College isn't even ranked. They only, they've only received one vote. So for this past poll, so that's interesting. But still, for me, I'm assuming Arizona State's the makeup of their their players aren't guys from Arizona. I'm assuming they've got a lot of guys uh, from Canada or up in the Northeast or the North um, that play hockey that are there. Uh, but that's kind of the thing that I thought maybe having a team in the South like Florida State or something like that. They're big schools. Arizona State's a big school, party school, you know? You can entice players from there to go to here. I mean, um, they'd still be relatively low-key compared to any other, like a football player or a basketball player. So they'd still have that sort of low-key environment. In fact, they might have a lower key than at an actual hockey Division One school. You know, if you're playing at Minnesota... Mm -hmm. um, their bread and butter is their hockey program, really. Um, not really their basketball or football program. So I see the entice that, like, the maybe if you wanted to be low key, but you're still playing D1 and at a school that does have, um, I guess, funds for for that. I would, I can see why playing at ASU would be really great. I'm actually going to burst your bubble here because I'm looking through ASU's roster right now. Are they mostly Southern guys? Not mostly, but they have quite a few Arizonans on the team. That's great. That's I mean, look at Austin Matthews, dude. <laughs> they have one, two. I'll get back to you, but I'm just counting through. Okay. But well, but once again, more validity for the Southern markets because if their makeup is of actual Arizonans or you know guys from California or. Or even Texas and Florida, um, and I think it'll kind of getting to the ultimate point. I think it will spur other major Southern colleges to invest more into their hockey program. I could see one of the California schools investing. Um, Probably. I mean, the, the Kings have been in LA since for for fifty plus years now. Uh, I can see USC or UCLA doing it. Yeah, USC, UCLA, even maybe like. UC Berkeley uh, or Stanford, uh, those are um, high-profile schools uh, with money to boot and plenty of uh, plenty of uh, incentive to play there. So th that's that's my wish for hockey. I know because uh, I've studied this. Um, it's probably one of the reasons why I advocate for hockey um, is I know that. The fastest growth in the sport, in as far as if you look at the stats from USA Hockey's, um, since I guess since I guess since Gretzky went to LA, 
um, the fastest growing markets or fastest growing signups for hockey it, from USA Hockey's uh, rankings. If you don't know, um, if you want to play in any of these ranks, they usually have you sign up with USA Hockey um, to uh, register. I think you pay a registration fee and you're in for the season. So they use that as statistics. They ask you your age, your gender, and that, that sort of stuff. And the fastest growth is in the markets. Hmm. And you, you see, and the, the numbers correspond with which markets have NHL franchises. Um, Texas, California, Florida. You, you notice a spike uh, when, they, when, the, when Tennessee got the National Predators, all of a sudden, Tennessee's uh, hockey player numbers spiked. Uh, same thing, and they don't. And the thing is, they spike and they don't go down. That's that's the thing. People think, oh, you know, it's the new thing. People get into it and then they stop. No, a lot of people. You experience hockey, whether watching it or even playing it, you get hooked. That's it's it's always the thing that I've I've always um, advocated. Um, uh, the Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay Lightning. Florida's numbers spiked and have stayed up there. California, Sharks, Ducks, Kings spike, and they have to stay up there. Dallas um, Stars spiked. So even Atlanta, um, Atlanta still has a lot of um, hockey fans and a lot of people who just love the sport because of the Thrashers. Even though the Thrashers have gone, um, hockey players are still there. Um, hockey numbers for USA Hockey are still high in, in Georgia. Mm -hmm. um, I think the AHL squad now is the Atlanta Gladiators. Um, so they do have professional hockey at the AHL level. Right. So that's good. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe hope in the future. Um, but um, I, I'm really cheering off for Arizona State. Hope you guys do really well. And I guess that's. Uh, I'm glad we actually got to talk college hockey. Yeah. And yeah. Actually, if we do end up getting to the guess the team names uh, we, we can if you want we're at the last five minutes of the show so we uh, should wrap it up I'd like to continue on with the college hockey theme and okay. and uh, go with some college hockey teams okay that's fine that's fine let's do it okay so I'm doing I'll start with the teams that have played this week thus far and then I'll get to or I'll just go with the ranked teams these aren't teams that are necessarily playing this evening but these are teams that have been ranked, or are currently ranked. Mm -hmm. So let's begin. I'm going to get really bad with this. Yeah. <laughs> Charles is like, I can barely know the basketball ones. All right, so let us begin. And a lot of these schools have, like, just hockey programs and, like, we have some... none of the, the major football or basketball things, I guess. Alright, so this let us begin like with Minnesota State Mankato. <laughs> what, what? Minnesota State Mankato. Oh, gosh. Wow. I know there's a ton of hockey schools in Minnesota, but gosh. <laughs> a hint is their team, albeit spelled differently, I believe, is also the name of an NBA team. Timberwolves? No. Okay. Also, the name of the NBA team. It'd be really funny if it was the Heat, but... <laughs> Actually, I take that back. It is spelled the same. Uh, it is a Western Conference team in the NBA. Okay, so Western Conference, Minnesota. 
Nuggets? No. It's an alliteration. An alliter- oh my god, for once? Hockey oh. knows what's up. Yeah, exactly. Basketball schools really suck at that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Alliteration, Minnesota Mankato. So MM. Minnesota. Right. Okay. Uh, not the Thunder. Uh, Mavericks? Yeah, all right. It is the Minnesota State Mavericks. All righty. Luka Doncic, baby. (laughs) All right, moving on. And, of course, Minnesota State, Mankato is located in Mankato, Minnesota. Which is somewhere within uh, maybe one of those 10,000 lakes in Minnesota. I don't know. Exactly. Next up is Providence, and they're based out of Providence, Rhode Island. Oh, and I think we had this for basketball. Oh, we may have. Uh, in that case, I'll just say it. it's Providence Friars. Ah, as in the, yes, as in okay, the, uh, now the, I recall. Not the cooking in, uh, implement, uh, not the cooking yeah. appliance, but the religious person. Though I could see if they were a minor league baseball team, they probably would have had a game where they would have just been actual Friars. Although, fun fact, Providence used to have a college baseball team, but it was disbanded, I want to say, in 1999. And PC is a biggie school after all. <laughs> um, and the la- they got disbanded, and the last team they played was Florida State. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess, did we beat them so bad that they had to disband? Oh, no, no, no. I, I, that would be funny, I guess. But no, they... <laughs> it's like, oh, we, we really suck at this baseball thing, guys. <laughs> All right, next up is Clarkson University, which is based out of Potsdam, New York. Clarkson University, Potsdam, New York. Correct. They share a name with an NHL team. Okay. Based, they are in the Liberty League. Uh, sorry, they are part of the ECAC Hockey Conference. Okay. Which is a major one. Yeah, hockey's conferences are differently mm-hmm. named. Um, With one exception, which is the Big Ten. Yeah. Um, yeah, because the Big Ten Network actually broadcasts a lot of hockey games. So if I do catch college hockey, it's usually Ohio State or Michigan or uh, one of those schools. Notre Dame now has a, has a team that actually did pretty well, um, I think, last season. I like the fact that their helmets match the football team helmets. I always like that. I've always wanted to see. I mean, the Seminoles club hockey team has the helmets with the with the spears, so at least they keep that oh, do tradition. They yeah. Okay, so going back to Clarkson. Clarkson. Again, like I said, they share hockey team. NHL mm-hmm. share. Uh, okay, they're New York Rangers. Nope. Uh, how about you? you? Want to take a guess there, Charles? Alliteration for life. Clarkson Coal Miners makes no sense, but I'm going for it. <laughs> Don't tell any college hockey fans that regarding the helmets. Uh, I I understand. Um, it looks it's very unusual. Those are very unorthodox helmets that Ohio State and uh, Michigan Michigan have. That's yeah. very unhockey. Um, no, yeah, because hockey helmets usually just have just the color and that's it. They don't have actually any designs whatsoever, right. any striping. But I, as a you know, love as an aesthetician, as in some ways, love the look and I love the uniformity with the teams. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, 
New York Sabres? Nope. It is not a New York team. Okay, so uh, give me a conference at least. Western. Western Conference. I have no idea what's in Potsdam. Kings? Nope. BU, do you want to put them out of your out of their misery? Yeah. You can we're, take like one or two. We're, more at two th- we're, at, we're at two hours now. Yeah. Uh, gosh. Or it may be too, may be too delayed, uh, but Golden Knights. Oh, huh. okay. okay. They came first, obviously. All right, Golden Knights. And I guess I'll just run through other schools real quick. So, Southwestern team, yep. Okay. So we've got the Union Dutchman, Lake Superior State Lakers. Actually, are they in? <laughs> okay, that actually makes sense compared to LA. Uh, RPI Engineers. Okay. And the Sacred Heart Pioneers. Alrighty. Alrighty. So, guys. Spoiled by delay again. Yeah. We'll try next time, BU. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess that's it, guys. We're at two hours. We had some fun conversations. We didn't get to every topic today, but that means we just roll it on over to the next week. So, thank you, guys. Thank you for everyone who watched. Thanks for listened or saw on YouTube and Periscope and Twitch and Streamcraft and on all these other networks <laughs> and thanks to all of our viewers both on whatever outlet you're using and thanks to everybody that came in and uh, interacted with us it was a lot of fun thank you to our non-sponsor Pacific Coast 15 RCFB uh, and the Fulmer Cup yes thank you yeah, Puerto Tropical. Thank and you. What to, was Caesar's? Caesar. Uh, the, the Pacific Coast oh, team. Oh, and then uh, yours the beer. is. And mine is uh, Topo, our, 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 our perennial non-sponsor, Topo Chico. And, of course, uh, flavor enhancers such as Crush, Fit and Active. You can get that. All these. I got this Crush one at Publix. That is it, guys. Have a good night. Good I'll evening. Good afternoon. Oh, what, what language is that? German. Ah. Okay. <laughs>